0: Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Do
1: or do not, there is no trap. You think that's air you're breathing in? Are you, ready? are you ready?
0: Are you waking up? Because you're listening to the Urban Yogi Podcast with Will Blunderfield. Laura is a coach and guide who believes everyone deserves to experience inner freedom. Through her coaching programs, membership community, courses, workshops, and digital content, she works to support other awakening beings with their life journey so they can throw off the shackles holding them back, enjoy a rich, fulfilling experience of life, and create what they want. I hope you enjoy my juicy interview with Laura Jane Bolton. Awesome. So I am here with the one and only Laura Jane Bolton, all the way down to Mexico. And I first came across your work. I don't even know. My mom was asking. I was like, I'm having this lovely lady on my podcast tomorrow. And I showed a couple of videos to my parents. They're like, oh, she seems lovely. How did you like come across her? And I I can't really remember exactly. But all I know is that I follow you on Telegram. And over the last several years, literally everything that you post, I vibe with, which is very rare. Yeah, like all the and it's been so nice because yes you've done a little bit of like revealing the darkness but you always bring it back to the light you always bring it back to you know what can we do to fortify ourselves and be these light workers and these warriors on the leading edge um in a sustainable way and so that's what i really like about your message is it's it's very uplifting and life-giving so thank you for being a lighthouse during these uh aquarian times
2: you're welcome it's it's really nice to hear that because when you're on especially when you're on social media you don't usually know what impact you're having it's really like sometimes it can be difficult to to know and you don't know the people you know you see the likes you know the numbers or you'll see a comment and it's just a tiny picture and you don't know the people it's a really strange kind of (laughs) dynamic so it's really lovely when I get to actually meet someone that's um that's you know interested in in what I have to say and vibes thank you
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's really, it's that's been kind of the blessing of the whole COVID pandemic is meeting all these amazing souls all around the world. Um, and I remember being on a chat thread, or no, it was a live uh, discussion on Telegram on Alex, the Way Forward channel, led by his mm-hmm. friend Christine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And somebody was sharing a story of all these, um, he used to be a camp counselor and he would lead this game where they'd go into a cave and all the kids would have these um, headlamps on. And he first had them all huddle together and um, turn on their headlamps and it didn't light up much of the cave and then he said okay now disperse and like all the kids ran throughout the entire cave and he's like now turn on your headlights and the whole cave lit up and i feel like that's a great metaphor for what's going on now is like we are geographically dispersed throughout the world but we're lighting up the entire world through that that sort of way of being dispersed yeah
2: absolutely i love that metaphor that's 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 a really beautiful way of looking at it and it's so true you know it's um we we each make a difference, but it's collectively when you put all of that difference together that you really see the power. And I think, you know, as, as individuals, we can sometimes feel like, oh, you know, what difference can I make? But if every single person is. Oh,
0: we're getting a little bit of uh, technical difficulty. One sec. Okay, we're back online.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so I was just saying, like, I think that um, as individuals, it can sometimes feel like how much of a difference can I make, you know, just just little me. But every single person can make an impact. Every single thing we think, feel, say, do, our energy, how we're being has an impact on others. And the question really is what kind of impact do we want to have? And when you add all those people together, you know, there's, there's millions of us well at least millions of us around the world who are on this awakening path. And I think sometimes we get really focused on the people who are asleep and wanting them to wake up, but actually it's the people who are on the awakening path who actually have the ability to make a difference. And if we're all Mm. doing our own thing and making a difference in our own way, when you add us all together, across the world, as you just said, all these little beams of light, it that's that's what creates the the collective shift. And yes. so that's where my focus is,
1: really, yeah.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for that reminder. And um, I always like to start these interviews um, by asking the guest if they have any sort of meditation that you can recommend for the audience that you love that would be like anchoring or bring in more light or just something that you practice yourself maybe that you'd be willing to share
2: yeah sure i mean there's i've tried lots of different um kinds of of meditations and meditative practices and i think it you know it very much depends on the individual so i've got you know there's there's one very very simple thing that i do really just to ground myself and that's 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 simply to to start with breathwork i find breathwork yes. very powerful um more than just kind of sitting and and meditating and so totally i really love breathwork doing like deep breaths, slow deep breaths in and out, and just like putting my hands on my heart and putting the focus on my heart and imagining myself having roots in the ground. And that's just really good to like ground us when we're feeling kind of, you know, a bit out of control or or anxious or or whatever. And it's just a very, very simple thing that you can, and it's quick that you can do really anywhere. Um, I also find that doing certain things um as a meditative practice is very effective so for me i really love doing painting particularly oil painting hmm. so that's actually my deepest meditative practice because when i'm doing oil painting i tell you i do not think of anything i wow. don't even have thoughts i am so in i'm so present i'm so in the moment and it's just so so grounding and calming and um, so people can do that with anything that they really enjoy I think sometimes just being in that total presence can um, be you know super um, kind of grounding and calming and, and healthy for us and then if I want to you know go kind of a bit deeper I really like Joe Dispenza's meditations oh yes yeah they're pretty powerful they're usually quite long sort of 45 50 minutes but I found I them to be very powerful if you want to have a longer practice and go and go deeper so yeah
0: i have his book uh becoming supernatural yes and i love the blessing of the energy centers meditation yeah i have that That's one really cool. yeah well, i really sake, like that one for the sake of time would you want to lead us just through a quick of the heart one where you're blessing or focusing at the heart and grounding down through the roots i, th- I think that would be beautiful
2: sure yeah we yeah. can do so okay so I would just close your eyes and just start to take deep breaths in I like to go in through the nose and out through the mouth so I just go in to the count of 4 and then out to the count of 4 and as I'm doing that I'll put my just my hand on my on my heart and just really focus my attention there. So, so really just the consciousness, just focus on, on the heart area, and just start breathing in. So in through the nose, and out through the mouth, in through the nose, and out through the mouth, And just keep breathing in that way and keep the focus on the heart. And then just imagine roots just going from your heart all the way down and all the way down into the grounds and all the way down into the earth, deeper, deeper and deeper. And then just feel the energy just moving up from the earth, up through your roots, all the way up into the heart. And if you want, you can just imagine the energy just continuing to pulse like from the heart into the earth and then from the earth back up into the heart.
0: That's so simple, but so profound. Mm. <clears throat> Thank yeah. you.
1: It is.
2: It's that. just simple, and you can just do it for like two minutes. Yes. And I just feel like so much calmer and right. Super, super oh. present. It's and you can do it anywhere. I mm-hmm. used to like. I used to um, when I first started getting into into doing meditation. I would. I was still suffering from. of bouts of anxiety and i might be out somewhere and start feeling super anxious and i would just go to the bathroom and just lock myself in a cubicle just for two minutes and you know and do that and i just feel so much you know so much better and it's just amazing to me the the power that we have to change our state yes you know whether it's through just doing that through breath work um it's in, it's you know it's almost instant and, and we have the mm-hmm. power to to do that and that's why I love those practices.
0: Totally. What other uh, good daily habits have you found are beneficial for being the the light goddess that you are and you know having those good daily habits that keep you in your highest.
2: Yeah, I think it's really important to to have those you know those habits every day and um, I've kind of changed a little bit, you know, as time has gone on, but at the moment, my first thing is, you know, the, the, the physical health, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not just the emotions and the spiritual stuff. It's also the the physical. Um, so I actually do intermittent fasting. Nice. Um, so I don't ha- usually don't have any breakfast I'll eat sort of late morning, lunchtime, keep myself really hydrated. Um, I do, um, coffee enemas, you know, or
1: nice.
2: just all the kind of healthy healthy things. <laughs> um, because we have to keep our temple, our vessel healthy, you know, yes. um, but in terms of other practices, breath work really is my, is my favorite one. Um, I do the, I often do the Wim Hof.
1: Nice. Method. I did that this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah
2: it just, I don't know, it just really energizes me and just, I just feel so good. And I do it for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And sometimes I get really high. I don't know if that oh, yeah. happens. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <for> sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. The, I think the, uh, the inorganic ones don't want us talking about this <laughs> liberating stuff or something, but anyway, we're going to keep going. And we're just going to, you know, Om Namah Shivaya. There we go. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we were talking about, um, yeah, the the Wim Hof breath work and um, Mm -hmm. how, just how, how powerful that is and how it can really set you up for the day. And then I'll do a, usually a shorter meditation in the morning, like the one that we, we just did. And later in the day, normally in the evening, I'll do a longer Joe Dispenza meditation. So either the blessing of the energy centers or, or one of the, the other ones. Um, and so they're kind of my my essentials for the day. And it really depends Good. on what I've got going on. But I also really think it's important to move. So mm-hmm. I will in the morning I will put some music on that I really love. And I will just dance like on my own, just dance around. That's and, awesome. And and sing and because it's all activating, right? The voice yes. is, is helping the the vagus nerve and you know it, it's mm-hmm. the the, the the movement is creating the 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 blood pumping and the energy you know the energy circulating and it's just uh, you know you do that for five ten minutes and you just feel amazing totally. And if you couple that with like a Wim Hof breath work, it's <laughs> you're like raring to go. So, oh my yeah, gosh! Yes, I, I, I do that in the morning as well. Fantastic. And, and also, if I, if ever I feel a bit like I need to pick me up, like I just you know I get up, I'll just dance for one song. And, awesome. And I feel you know, renewed again.
0: <laughs> That's so awesome. It sounds like we have similar um, practices. I teach with a fellow, actually he's in Mexico right now. I think he's in Tulum. And we teach a Sunday men's sexual Kung Fu class that involves primal dancing and making sound and um, all these different techniques from Montauk Chia. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. Um, he, he basically brought... technology from ancient china to the west called sexual kung fu and it's we use it to teach men how to separate the orgasm from the ejaculation Uh so then they can choose because usually it takes women longer to uh orgasm yeah and the men sometimes have have either premature ejaculation or impotency or things of that nature so that so we do that and the, the primal dance is a huge aspect yeah so um yeah and also we always start with some breath work
2: yeah, absolutely. I, I I love breath work. And I, and I found that, you know, especially working with 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 clients, I found that sometimes, if they're not doing any kinds of practices like that, meditation, particularly if you've got a very dysregulated nervous system, meditation can be a bit much to, yes. to start with. So I get them started on breath work.
0: Um, nice.
2: Because breath work is, um, you know, it's more of a it's not passive, you know. It's it's you're mm-hmm. you're 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 breathing, you're moving. You know, you've got, you've got something that you're kind of you know focusing on, and that can be you know incredibly powerful, and also for you know helping our helping our nervous system. So, yeah, yeah. I think everyone should do breath work.
0: <laughs> Amen. And I've been reading this book called Autobiography of a Yogi by uh, Yogananda. Okay. And I think it's chapter 36. He talks about the original yoga, because I guess the only two actual yoga asanas, poses uh, mentioned in the yoga sutras are tree pose and lotus pose, like sitting Mm cross-legged. And all the rest were imported into India when the British colonized Mm
2: -hmm. from a
0: series called Primal Gymnastics from Scandinavia. Oh, really? Yeah. So like what we think in the West of yoga is actually really from Scandinavia. And this book is saying the original yoga was literally lying on the ground and doing breath work Mm -hmm. and that Jesus and Kabir and Krishna all did this original form, which was literally just like, just breathing yeah, to super oxygenate and bring all the prana into their system to rejuvenate the entire system.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, that doesn't surprise me. And I think that, you know, yoga has just become so westernized you know it's like these days for most people it's all about you know the outfit that you're wearing and how (laughs) many amazing poses you can get into and it's very competitive and
0: it's It's like gymnastics competition
2: yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm not really into that i'm i prefer more of the kind of simple um you know simple kind of yoga that you're 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 talking about
0: totally have you ever tried uh kundalini yoga i have how do you feel about that
2: yeah, I, I I tried it. Um, I first tried it. When was it that I first tried it? I think it was. Tw- yeah, it was twenty twenty um, when I was in Tulum, and um, I did quite. A f- I did it quite regularly, hmm. and I found it to be very powerful. Actually, I know there's there's lots of con- controversy around Kundalini yoga, and well, there's controversy around everything. But <laughs> um, I found it to be um, really yeah just really powerful and I like the fact that it's you know it's not all the pose you know you're not doing loads of crazy poses yes it it, it's a very different kind of of yoga to to the others so I just yeah I just I really did feel feel a difference um I just don't have a um practitioner um that I found near near where I am now to to do that but at the time I I did find it powerful yeah
0: I heard that Gurmukh, she's a like a senior Kundalini teacher. I heard she moved somewhere outside of Tulum. Okay. Um, so she might still be there, uh, and she's on the same page, which is really liberating. Yeah. You know, she she didn't get the injection, and she talks about it in her class in a very diplomatic way. And my my friend uh, goes to her classes, or was going at least last year when he told me this. Um, I had like problems with addiction to cocaine and alcohol from sort of 2013 to 16. And then I went to see a psychic and they're like, oh, you need to do Kundalini yoga. And I was like, "Okay." And like around that time, I was teaching at all these country clubs and yoga studios. And my students kept saying, could you teach us Kundalini yoga? And I was like, "Okay, I guess the universe is telling me to explore this. And I remember in the first class, like I was crying like cathartically and we were dancing and there was a lot of singing. And I'm a singer. So I was like, oh, this is really fun. And yeah, as you said, there is controversy around it. And Yogi Bhajan had a very light side, but seemingly also a very dark side. So it's like, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think part of the dominator system wants to completely poo-poo the entire lineage now. And it really feels like it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater because that lineage literally freed me from a cocaine addiction.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know? Know, I know I know, a few people who have used it to overcome addictions and severe depression and things like that. So it clearly is powerful. It clearly works. And I, I very much believe in finding what works for you and, you know, trying things out, regardless of what other people say about it, because, you know, it it doesn't matter what you look at, whether it's certain types of breathwork or certain types of yoga or whatever it may be, someone's always got something negative to say about it. And then there's people that say positive. So for me, it's about the discernment within and just deciding what's right for me and what do I enjoy and what feels good to me and what feels right.
0: Amen. Yeah, I think our natural state is to be high on our own supply, and yeah. and you know I, I always say my three pillars are sexual kung fu, so t- sexual transmutation practices, which involve breath work. You know, I guess Mother Teresa was interviewed, uh, sort of one of her last interviews, and they said, "How do you get all this energy to help people?" And she's like, "Well, I feel—I'm paraphrasing, but I feel the power in my lower centers, and I allow it to rise up into my heart and my higher se- my my hands and my higher self to fuel my mission." Mm. So I think she understood sexual transmutation to some degree. So it's like sexual transmutation for men, semen retention and uh, superfood nutrition and detox. I feel like the key word for these times is detox in oh, every yeah. sense of the word, which makes oh. me want to ask you about your um, decision to leave, to detox, leave uh, social media and, and move on from that.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I um, So this was maybe two, two weeks ago now, I
0: resume recording. There we go. So we we have a little technical difficulty. But you know what, it's like Freddie Mercury said the show must go on. We're gonna we're making this happen. And it's going to be a juicy interview. regardless.
2: We we can do it. We can do it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I was just saying that like a couple of weeks ago, I was just sitting with myself. And I just had this feeling like, I don't want to use social media anymore. Why Mm -hmm. am I on social media? And I just really, and then I really started to just think about it and question it. And what I realized was I'm not actually getting any value myself from using social media anymore. I recognized that for the first three three years of this scandemic, Mm -hmm. um, Social media was incredibly helpful and yes. I am very grateful for it because it allowed me to use my voice, it allowed me to express, to connect with other people who are of a similar heart and mind. Yes. And I think it it played a crucial role in the Great Awakening mm-hmm. itself. Um, oh, I without think so. social media, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. But kind of three years in, you know, I've been reflecting a lot lately. I've been shifting gears in various ways. And I just feel like three years in, I am really only using social media just to share stuff and to scroll. Mm-hmm. But I'm also very shadow banned. So I don't accumulate new follow. Like I don't get new That's followers like because my... my- my content if I look at my stats my content doesn't get out to anybody who's not already a follower yes and so I just I just thought you know what I'm spending so much time on it because it's so addictive Mm -hmm. even with all the practices I do even with how conscious I am it does not matter you go on it and it is designed to be super super addictive and you end up scrolling and it just doesn't it just didn't feel good to me so I was like well why am I doing something that doesn't feel good to me? Yeah. And where could I better spend my time? So I decided that I'm going to stop using all social media at the end of February. And I'm just going to invest that time and energy in still creating content, but content that will be on my website, content that will be going out through my mailing list um, for people that are genuinely interested in it. Because the majority of people on social media are just scrolling. Yes. Yes and there's so much content you just you're just eager to get to the next thing especially and, with
0: reels the implementation yeah. of the reels
2: yeah so, there's no attention yeah. span and there's just more and more and more and that's why it's designed that way because you just want to get to the next thing and what's the next thing that I can find out mm-hmm. and so you know my my thinking is look if if people get a lot of value from my content they will they will either you know listening to my podcast or they'll be you know looking on my website or they'll be on my mailing list where I send out a weekly newsletter with all new content so I'm not going to be stopping content it's just yes I'm not going to be consumed by the social media and I just feel like when I'm on there I just feel horrible yeah even though I follow positive accounts you know even though I'm you know sharing stuff that is meaningful to me I just don't feel good being on there. I start to feel nauseous. Yeah. It's like there's something in there that's toxic and dark and I just, it, it just doesn't feel right to me. So I'm like, there is a resonant, it's not in resonance with me anymore. Doesn't feel good. So, you know, why would I do something to myself that,
0: that doesn't you know, feel it doesn't, good,
2: that doesn't feel good. I'm just not prepared <laughs> to do that. So, um, Amen. so yeah, I decided to, um, you know and 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 the reason i decided to not just stop immediately was because i want to keep letting people know look i'm yes. not going to be using it but here is where you can access you know my my content if you if you want to awesome. um, and then after that i have no reason to use it and and also i really want to spend more time cultivating relationships with like real people whether it's on zoom like this or whether it's you know in person Yes. That's, that's what we're designed for, you know? And I think that social media provides this, it provides this lure of like false connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like, we feel like we're getting connection, but it's not true connection. And then we kind of feel a bit unfulfilled and yeah. it, it isn't real connection. And so no. I, I want to focus on like real people.
0: <laughs> Amen. Um, I, you know? I applied your decision to make an exodus from from these platforms, I I do want to ask you, are you also leaving Telegram?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to be. I mean, I I use Telegram for messaging. So,
0: um,
2: but I'm not going to be using my channel. I'm not going to delete any of my channels because there's a lot of content on them. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to me to delete the channel and delete all of the content that I've spent three years (laughs) (laughs) putting out there in case people want to access it. But um, I'm just not going to be using it. Cool. um and i just know that it's gonna save so much of my time and energy but oh, i yeah. also think that we can if we don't want to stop using social media we can do things to have a healthier relationship with with it and and that's why i created a recently created a 40 minute free masterclass just to help people to do that because when i when i first shared on my instagram stories that i was not going to be using social media anymore i had over 100 people message me and almost every single one was telling me i hate using social media it doesn't feel good i'm addicted to it i don't know what to do and that Mm -hmm. was what then inspired it was those responses that then inspired me to create the the masterclass video that's Um, fantastic and how can people access that that people have um so at the moment it's in my um it's in my if people are on instagram it's in my instagram profile but it's also on my website so pretty much everything can be accessed through my website which is laurajanebolton.com beautiful um yeah all my content my channels um youtube videos podcast masterclass everything is is on there so that's probably the easiest way for people to to access
0: it yeah nice and I fall. I have uh, right when I met you I signed up for your newsletter and that's been great and I do I will say I, I do love your the memes that you post <laughs> on telegram but maybe you can include a few in your newsletter
2: <laughs> yeah I might just have a little like meme I might have a little, a little meme meme section, meme on my section. <laughs> yeah, I might have a meme section on my
0: laura's web. dank memes <laughs> yeah
2: I, I have to say I have like one of the best things over the last three years has been the memes
0: Yeah,
2: it's 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 just it's really interesting to me because at first you might think, oh, memes are just silly. But I think what they do is they can make us laugh, which Mm -hmm. is incredibly important. But they've also, you know, through this awakening, they've they've also, I think, helped to kind of help us feel less alone and to bond us, you know, because you see a meme and you laugh at it and you get it and then you send it to your friend and they're laughing at it and there's there's something about the the memes and i also love the creativity like it's really allowed people to just become so creative and i'd Mm -hmm. never created a meme before like three years ago like it just wasn't anything that i do and then (laughs) i just started creating them and some of them are quite funny and totally um and i just (laughs) i don't know it was just like a part of my creativity just to just to be able to express. And I know that there's many people that, that do that. And so I think they're, you know, I think they're a really, a really good thing and and just seeing the lighter side of things and being able to laugh at things, even though it's crazy and yes. just ridiculous. It's, it's really important that we can see the humor totally. and make humor out of, things that aren't necessarily you know the best
0: (laughs) well it makes me think of a video you shared of your experience i don't know if it was with your niece you were hiking um this was near the beginning of the pandemic and you were sharing about how you were hiking and i think there were like people just like by themselves or maybe in small groups in the forest hiking with like masks on and yes. then you, you had looked at your niece and, and you kind of both laughed. And it wasn't that you were laughing at them, but just the silly, the ridiculousness of this, the whole situation. And it made me laugh hysterically because I had just been on a hike and seen that as well here in Canada. So it's nice to, you know, the memes and the sharing of the stories. It really, somebody said, don't fear the media, become the media. And so by being able to share our stories, we do bond, as you say, and um, we realize we're not alone. smile. Yes.
2: And just say, morning. (laughs) Yes. You know, and just, and just be cheerful, you know, like there is, there is no, when when we're, when we're aggressive towards people or we're, we're irritated towards them, that's not going to help anybody because after we've done it, we don't feel good. Right. But it also doesn't feel good for them. And so that was a real shift for me to make because in 2020 I was kind of outraged by everything as I think most people were and I just wanted Mm -hmm. everyone to wake up and um why are people complying and all of this stuff but then I just realized that it's it's how we do things that really makes an impact and it's easier um it's easier sometimes to be you know annoyed or to just give an eye roll or to be dismissive but if we're going to be the light, we need to, you know, we need to be, you know, putting that out. And I think if you're, if you're just like there with no worries and you're cheerful and like in some way, even if people don't realize it, it kind of has some kind of positive effect on them, you know, even just, even just the energy. Um, And so I've seen, you know, I've seen, I've seen people, you know, people that are on this awakening path, get really angry with people who are complying or just shout, you know, take your mask off, you know, like they're, they're, (laughs) they're, 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 it's an anger, right. It's like, but they don't quite know how to deal with it. So it's more of a kind of attacking stance and it just isn't, it just doesn't help anybody because they're certainly not going to listen to you and then they're probably going to feel bad and then you're not going to feel very good afterwards. And so, yeah, I just kind of would go around when I was in the U S like, I would go to the supermarket and I would literally be the only person not wearing a mask. Like the feeling. only,
1: <laughs> yeah. I
2: never saw anybody else in this like supermarket. And I would just look at people and just smile because I didn't <laughs> have my face covered and people would kind of look shocked and stuff, but it, <laughs> it's, you just got to get out there and be, you know, be yourself. and yes. And I think it, you know, it has a positive effect, whether we, you know, whether we realize it or not.
0: Oh, totally. I remember being in a Whole Foods and um, everybody had masks on, but this one beautiful lady and her friend and I think they're children, and she had this beautiful polka dot outfit on and she was smiling and just, you know, lovingly walking around the store, getting her groceries. And it was such a uplifting sensation in my body um, that that day I was wearing a mask and I just took it off. I just took that thing right off and yeah. so it really does have a ripple effect and even if people kept their masks on I, I really believe what you said is it it does add to the morphogenic field in a positive way just to be your be as yeah, you yeah
2: absolutely yeah yeah and i think we have to be the change so if we are out there being annoyed with people and being you know aggressive or whatever i get why i get why it happens but it's just not that's not being the change, you know. Do exactly. we want a world that's like that, or do we want a world that's more, you know, friendly and kind and, and joyous? And so, yeah. um, it's just, yeah, it's just important to have that self awareness and like, how am I showing up? Um, but it's not always easy, I think, especially right. in the earlier part of the pandemic, it was um, more you know, difficult, more of a tall order for a lot of people, but
0: yeah. And I think that relates back to our good daily habits, because if we have a practice where we're feeling it to heal it, then we're going to be more trigger proof and more loving. Yes. And um, like sometimes during breath work, I'll like scream into my hand or hit a pillow or cry. And then once I've felt that to heal that, then I can go out into the world and I'm less triggered by anything.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is this is why it's so like all of the self-care and the self-practices are so important because Everything, all of our actions come from within. So if, our, mm-hmm. if we're, you know, if we're not feeling very good, we're tired, we're stressed out, you know, we're not looking after ourselves, we're not going to be feeling great
1: right. when we
2: go out there. Um, and that's why I always say everything starts within, like all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and totally. that's that's why it's just so important. And you know. I used to focus very much on the external, you know, particularly in 2020, it was all about what other people were doing or not doing and what was going on out there. And then I realized, ah, no, I need to, I need to do more of the, uh, focus more on my inner awakening and just have, have, you know, both the inner and outer, you know, going on at the same time. And I've changed, so much in so the last much. three years it's been it's been crazy
0: that's yeah. fantastic it makes me think of um have you read power versus force by david hawkins
2: oh a long time ago
0: and this the scale of consciousness yes and i i got his audiobook of like a bunch of live lectures i think it's called the ultimate david hawkins library mm-hmm. on it's on audible and um during one of the lectures he said people always say how do i change the world and he said well you don't have to change, like the world doesn't need to be changed. It's fine as it is. You could do more good changing the world, quote unquote, by like meditating in a cave, doing breath work the rest of your life, feeling good because it's it's who you become. It's embodying the fullness of your true nature that actually will radiate outward to, to quote unquote, heal the world. And he said that the scale of consciousness, the critical level is 200, which is the vibration of courage or bravery. Yes and he said if you're vibrating above 200 or above your brain chemistry is literally different than somebody vibrating in fear guilt shame and doubt yes. so 85% of the world is as of 2009 maybe it's more now hopefully it is are vibrating below 200 so yes. if you're you know trying to make change and you're trying to you know convince people of the truth Literally, people vibrating below two hundred—they can't hear you. It just goes right over their heads because their brain chemistry is not in a place where they can actually receive what you're saying. So they'll just think you're nuts and that you should be dead <laughs> That's what you said, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. I
2: had I had plenty of people tell me that over the last three years. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's so true, though, and and this is you know this is the awareness of self, like like how am I how am I being? And I and I I really feel that. You know even within the truth community there's a lot of people who are vibrating in those low vibrations they they yeah. may be aware of the agendas and all of that stuff which is important um but if you're constantly angry about it and worried and feeling you know feeling hopeless and you're in those lower you know those lower frequencies then you're not really doing much good right. um, to yourself or to other To other people. So it's yeah, it's great to be out there and you know sharing what's going on and trying to help other people. But the question is, how are you doing it? Like in what way are you showing up? And that's what's important. And I feel like now, three years into this, is this is the time, this is the opportunity for anyone who's not focusing on their inner world to, you know, their self-work to to really do that so that they can. Mm -hmm. know show up fully and you know do all the things that they they want to do in the world but really make a really make a genuine difference because just shouting at people and telling them to wake up does not work i mean my parent like my 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 father has been like completely asleep and he still is it doesn't like I, i i i spent two years sharing things with him and It's, you know, he's, it didn't, it did not work. He got his jabs. He got, um, he got his boosters and then he got his blue one.
0: Wow. He got all, full full meal deal.
2: He's committed. (laughs) He's all in like, (laughs) and, and about a week after he got his flu one, he got the worst flu that he's ever had. Um, and my mum, my mum was like, he's really, really sick. I've never seen him this sick. And, And you know what's the like, it's awful, but it's actually really funny as well. He's, he's recovering now and he's really happy that he's getting better because he's looking forward to getting his next booster.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: And he hasn't been able to get it because he's been sick and it was, it was was due. So now he's recovering. Now he's like, oh great. Now I'm getting better. I can go and have my next
0: booster. Oh my word how about your mom is she she kind of between your understanding and his or is she more on on his page or
2: no she's she's no to she's no to the uh to the jab but she doesn't really understand much i see but she's yeah she doesn't she's not she's not doing any any of that but um but but interestingly Mm -hmm. she she gets pressure from my dad like every day to get it
0: oh wow
2: because he's but, but the thing
0: We keep getting cut out by the, the gremlins, but it's all good. We just keep showing up and we keep just shining. <laughs> um, so we were talking about parental, our parentals and, and how, you know, everybody's on different pages in terms of boosters and, and this and that. And it's similar with my, my family as well. And I'm the only one who didn't get the injection. But the beautiful thing is, and somebody told me this a few years ago, they said the key with difficult family members are not understanding things with friends and family is uh, trade positions for interests. And I thought, okay, tell me more. It's like basically like, instead of trying to convince them like we were before I was doing the same with my parents, find the common ground that you can both agree on. Like somebody also said it like go for the low hanging fruit first. And so when Jordan Peterson was on a podcast and uh, David Avocado Wolf retweeted the little 2 minute segment where he said i regret getting the jab i feel like i've been duped this is ridiculous i still have to get the test the test is stupid i took that and i know that my parents especially my dad has all jordan peterson's books so Mm -hmm. i sent that to them and i just said you know i don't want to be judgmental but this isn't this interesting what jordan is saying now and that was like i felt that that was like going for a slightly higher hanging fruit and so we've just been working our way up as a family to the point now where we all understand, me and my parents at least, that masks are ridiculous. They will not mask around people who want us to. And um, it's, it's, very, it's been very interesting just slowly going up that tree.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's important to be very mindful of how we, you know, like I said, how we go about doing things. Because I think for many people, there's this kind of sense of desperation. They just want other people to see what they see yeah but the reality is they're not where you're at and so they can't meet you in in that place you know like i have i have a friend who was trying to send their parents all these documentaries about all the you know really dark satanic stuff and i'm like they they don't they're not aware at all of anything you start sending them that like it's just going to stress them out and you know freak them out So you have to, you know, kind of meet, as you said, meet people where they're at and Mm -hmm. find some common ground. But also I think it's really important to respect their choices and to respect the path that they're on. And this requires a certain level of surrender and letting go, which I used to really struggle with, but I've made a lot of kind of shifts in, in that area. And I got to the point where I just realized, look, I've shared the things that I've shared, I've shared look, I, i'm I'm telling you this, you know like with my parents, I'm telling you this because I care and I, and I want you to be well and you know I want you to know and I shared. If they make a decision not to consume that content or not to investigate and to continue going ahead and getting all the jabs, like my dad is, that is his choice. And who am I to make him do anything different? like who like mm-hmm. i've've I've said I've shared my truth. I've been open, but then it's up to the individual. And I think that that's incredibly hard for a lot of people to accept, especially when it's loved ones, because we kind of don't want them to be in that situation, but it's also not our life. It's not our journey. And we're not responsible for them. We're Mm -hmm. only responsible for sharing our truth and for being authentic and expressing authentically, Mm -hmm. whatever happens as a consequence of that, we need to, trust and, and surrender to. And that's that's mm-hmm. a difficult shift to make because most of us want to control and we want things to be a certain way because it makes us feel better. Right. And it's hard to accept, especially when it's a loved one, it's hard to accept that they're on a path that could be, I mean, like for my dad, like I don't think he he will last much longer. He can't. I mean, you know, he, he, he just keeps getting them. Um, But I've just totally accepted it. It's like, he's happy, like he loves it. He's looking forward to it. Let him have, like, just let him get on with it. Like it's his, it's his path. And who am I to, you know, to try and force him to do something that he doesn't want to do.
0: So yeah. And as you said, the more we force, the more they just dig in their heels.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's funny with my, with my mother, I was sharing stuff with her for a couple of years and she didn't really, she wasn't really getting it. And, and then um because she doesn't do she doesn't really do the internet you know she's she's okay. just a t- she's just the TV watcher and there's a channel on british television that started a um it's a it's like a mainstream news channel but it's kind of i would call it i would say it's like semi truth it's okay. it's they're sharing a lot about the injuries and the oh. you know the 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 lies and like they're sharing quite a lot of stuff about it and it's really funny because she loves watching tv she she starts watching this show and then she starts messaging me telling me oh the jabs are really injuring people and this is happening and that's happening and i'm like mom i've been telling you this for like two years but she wouldn't receive it from me but it's really it's been really interesting to see her being exposed to a mainstream news channel that's telling her and now she's telling me as if she's forgotten all the stuff that we ever talked about and it's just <laughs> it's just so interesting to watch yeah. this happening and she'll message me and tell me what's going on as if i don't know it's really, <laughs> it's really do you funny. know the name
0: of that show that she's watching
2: it's called um G G B news i think it stands for great britain news but yeah it's okay. gb news um okay, cool. and yeah it's not like full truth you know they right. still they still say it's like a real virus and it's deadly and all this stuff but but it's it's especially around the jab there's a they're they're sharing all the the truths around around that so now my mum is well informed um (laughs) without me
0: (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like uh fox news in the states like they they're not hip yet to the understanding that no virus has ever been isolated but they're starting to talk about vaccine injuries yeah and then Yeah. yeah similar situation with my parents they they subscribe to flipboard Okay. which is some mm-hmm, sort of, yeah. I think it's a kind of a news thing, like things that you're interested in. It'll like give you news articles. And so anyway, same story with, with my mom. She's, she was being exposed to Newsmax, which I think is a conservative American news station that was also mm-hmm. talking about vaccine injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was a, a very similar situation with, with yeah. my parents and it, it, it's all very interesting. And that leads me to my next question is, when did you come to the realization that germ theory was fraudulent?
2: I can't remember the exact date <laughs> or month but I it was it was in it was in 2020 probably probably mid to late 2020 was when I first started looking into it so in early 2020 when we suddenly got this news of this terrible thing <laughs> I knew from the start it was nonsense yeah me too but I didn't it wasn't that I didn't believe the it wasn't really that I didn't believe in viruses, or I did believe in viruses. It was just that I'd never had a reason to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Like all our lives, we're taught you catch a cold, you catch flu. You know, like we've just been taught that. And so I didn't really, at the start, I didn't really question it. I just knew that it was all mm-hmm. being overinflated. I was like, oh god, it's just a flu, and they're just saying all this to implement their agenda and blah blah blah. I knew all of that from the very start, and people mm-hmm. thought I was insane, yeah, me just too. for sharing. <laughs> For sharing that you know i i it was a, that was a really interesting i'm sure it was for you
1: yeah
2: um period of time where i suddenly realized all these people that i knew were completely buying it, hook line hook line and sinker yeah and i wasn't and they thought that i was mentally ill <laughs>
1: <Same
2: here>. <laughs> <laughs> oh you i think you should go and see someone you know oh, i think yeah. you should go and see a therapist or like you're crazy you you oh. i hope you die all that kind of stuff. exactly
0: oh yeah got it here too yeah
2: I got all of that but (laughs) then at some point in in 2020 I was you know because I was really in the rabbit hole especially around all the agendas and all of that stuff and just learning I was already kind of a bit awake prior to 2020 but I feel like I went up a few notches in 2020 you know like right down the rabbit hole um and then eventually I you know I started (sighs) Did you go. ever see, did you see that there was a, um, I think it was on the event in December last year and, um, there was an interview with David Icke and mm-hmm. his sound went.
1: Did
0: it?
2: But he, but he kept going.
0: Oh yes. I saw that. That was funny. And he's
2: that just was, like, <laughs> he's like, rah, rah. and they couldn't get hold of him, but, th- but that's what made it really good. And everyone that thought was it was good. So, no. It was um,
0: memorable. Yeah. This is yeah. going to be memorable. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, You were saying that you were relatively awake prior to 2020, but it was the impetus. And it it, it reminds me of like the impetus of, you know, I used to think that I was gay and I really bought into the whole gay thing. and But then I realized that sexuality for me is fluid and porous and also gay, straight come with so much baggage. There's all these implied traits and tendencies that you're supposed to take on the moment you come out. And I just, the whole idea I didn't like and so I noticed that, like, all my gay friends were on these AIDS drugs. Like, hardcore black box chemotherapy drugs. Mm. Um, and and then, to top it off, that they were actually taking them prophylactically. So whether you test positive or negative with a fake HIV test, all the gay dudes that I knew were basically poisoning themselves every day and encouraging me to do the same. Wow! And so I went to the pharmacist and I said could I have the pharmaceutical manuscript for the AIDS drugs that you're giving all the gay guys and they're like Do you want the one we give to the patients or to the doctors? I said just give me everything, please. So I read through like 150 pages and like the side effects of the prep Which is the prophylactic AIDS drugs is AIDS (laughs) And I was like wondering how many gay guys actually take the time to read the farm I'm sure hardly any
2: Hardly any, yeah.
0: And now there's a class action lawsuit. All these gay guys have permanent damage of their liver, their kidneys, fatty humps forming on the neck, bone fractures in the hips. Yeah. Um, and there's a class action lawsuit towards Merck, 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 who's Merck, created these yeah. AIDS drugs. So I, that that was the impetus. Like for me back in 2012 or so, I was like, something's fishy here. Like this, this something's not right about being taught to like fear each other's bodies and... it just doesn't feel right and then i discovered german new medicine and kelly brogan touched on it briefly and then that's actually why i started the show was i wanted to talk to kelly brogan because she kept talking about the dangers of psycho um, like psychopharmaceutical medications Mm. but not as often about the dangers of hiv medications but she'd Mm -hmm. written a few articles on it and um long story short she ended up being on my show last year and i got to ask her and basically, she's completely on the same page now. And she's like, there really is no evidence that uh, strictly adheres to the scientific method that shows any virus has ever been isolated. No,
2: no, absolutely. And, you know, for me, for me, I think that, um, you know, prior to 2020, I wasn't ever, I was never like afraid of viruses or illness because my view was well if you have a healthy body and a healthy immune system it doesn't really matter what you come into contact with but i hadn't ever explored the idea that viruses actually don't cause illness and aren't contagious and then in 2020 i did start to explore that and i started seeing um content by um people like uh, Amanda Volmer mm. um and um you know obviously Kelly and um then Alex Zeck and you know, and then Angie Kaufman and
0: nice. and I they, started
2: they, just seeing more and more of this stuff. They've and all been was, on this
0: show. Yeah. Gra- gratefully. Yeah. that's That's yeah. been another blessing of the pandemic, getting to speak to all these amazing humans.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just finding each other, you know, finding yeah. people who are kind of on a similar page and that, that can also help us help each other to grow and evolve. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for those people, I wouldn't have necessarily found the information to learn what I learn, and then I wouldn't be able to then pass that on to other people. So this is the this is one of the good things about the internet. You know, the beauty of mm. being able to share this information and connect with each other. But yeah, after after a little bit of investigation, um, and you know, watching a few videos and documentaries and some of these people's content, I was like, oh my god! Like oh, my whole life, I was completely duped. Like right. this is ridiculous. Yeah. And so then I started sharing that with people. And I then got the whole, you're insane thing again. And so that's, what's very interesting. Like a lot of the people who are aware of the scamdemic and everything don't want to look at the virus
0: issue. Yeah. So there's they don't want to look levels, behind the curtain, you know, yeah. it's
2: almost like you get to a certain level and you're like, no, it's too uncomfortable now. And then I'm not going to, not going to go any further. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't mind, like I am open to learning anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I am not attached to any of these beliefs. I'm like. If if it's not true, I want to learn. Like, I mm-hmm. want to learn about it. And so I was just all in, and I actually spent like I actually spent a long, a lot of hours over the last couple of years learning about this subject. And I am like a hundred percent convinced it's just all nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, but it's interesting that we now have this. It's almost like another step that people need to go. Like even the people that are quite aware. Yes. um because a lot of them are buying into the lab leak yes story and they're still a bit worried about that and oh next time they're going to create something that's really bad and it's not it's, it's not and, it, and it's, it's not very really it empowering
0: works. that's just it isn't it yeah it's it's great and that's been another blessing is like people like alex zek people like you people like even kelly brogan because of the way the world went and even me, even me, who had been doing research into the fraudulence of virology, it it turned it up for me where there was even more impetus to to, to put in the hours, as you said, to really understand it for myself and do the reading. Um, Kelly Brogan came up with a great ebook with Dr. Kaufman, Torsten Engelbrecht, et al. It's it was oh, yeah. is HIV to AIDS what SARS-CoV-2 is to the coronavirus or something like that. Yeah. And it's like fifty-two pages, and it it's just so. It just makes so much sense, and the bibliography yeah. is is super huge for the science minded people. Like they back up everything they say. Yeah, um, and and it also talks about the whole like in in certain indigenous tribes there'd be this ceremony if somebody committed a crime that would point the bone, the witch doctor would point the bone, they would die just through the power of belief.
1: Mm.
0: And so, it's this the the allopathic system really minimizes the power of belief in wellness and dis-ease. Yeah. and you can literally kill yourself just by thinking yourself to death you can literally okay. cast a spell on somebody and give them what the dominator system would call aids or coronavirus or any of this stuff just through the power of belief there doesn't even need to be an invisible microscopic particle flying through the air yeah. you know
2: <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> this is this is this is one of the things that i think has not been talked about as much as maybe it could have been over the last three years is the impact on the power of of belief to to be well or even to be ill so Mm -hmm. you imagine like people are watching tv and they've got all this fear porn going on just constantly and they literally are convinced with a strong belief that they are going to get ill and that they can die Mm -hmm. and then they start to get the symptoms of a cold because they're just detoxing because they had too much ice cream that weekend or whatever Mm -hmm. And then immediately the body goes into a panic response. Oh no, I've got the thing. I'm going to, I might die. Oh my goodness. I've got to go to hospital. It, and then it just gets worse. And I, I've, I've read studies before. Um, I can't remember where, where I read them, but it was, there was a study around people who were getting given, being given a diagnosis. I think it was for cancer. And they were monitoring what happened, because they were obviously doing the test testing on them, and then they were giving them a diagnosis. So they had their kind of vitals and this all the stats. And when people were told, okay, you have this cancer, you have this long to live, their condition began to deteriorate almost immediately from being mm. told. <laughs> and often often people will literally die within the exact time frame that they're given because they have the belief Mm -hmm. that they're going to die. So you can Mm -hmm. literally think yourself ill and you can think yourself into death and you can do Mm -hmm. the opposite. So this Mm -hmm. is why I love Joe Dispenza's work because you use the power of belief and the mind and the meditations to actually heal yourself. And I've been to his in-person retreat um last summer and and okay yes yeah, so I was at Joe, Joe Dispenza's in-person <laughs> retreat um and there were people with you know with disabilities people that uh, there, there was one woman that could she she'd been blind since birth and she started to gain her sight back there wow. were you know a guy in a wheelchair who couldn't walk who started to get movement in his legs again like I saw, you know, and people coming with testimonials that had been to previous events and they're showing their, you know, body scans riddled with cancer. And then after the event, they've reduced by like 50%. It was just, wow. this is all the power of belief. And so like, I just, I love learning this and realizing mm-hmm. this like, wow, this is how powerful we are.
0: Yes. And it doesn't make um, pharmaceutical companies money and it's all based in predatory capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is this is the big awakening is the power of belief and the understanding that the world like Christiane Northrop said once in one of her lives, like, yes, it's I mean, it was it was kind of dark, but it's like we have to understand that how the darkness operates so that we don't let it, you know, don't she said don't feed the darkness, but don't let it get away with anything either. And we have to understand how the darkness operates in order to rise above it. And um, yeah, she basically said, like, it's gotten really bad. Like, you think it's bad? It, it is. Like, the it, there's a lot of bad in the world. Let's understand how it works so that we can, you know, create a new system that makes the existing one obsolete, essentially, which is what I feel you're doing by, you know, exposing it. Kind of you spent 2020 to do the exposure, and now you're making an exodus from it, and now you're creating your own your own structure that is more in alignment with with your truth.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think this is the key thing. It's always being in alignment with with your truth um, and just continuing to evolve. Because I've changed greatly over the last three years. You know, it has been a j- journey, the, the 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 outer awakening and the inner awakening. It is all a journey, and I think it's important that we realize everyone is on a different journey everyone is at a different stage in their journey you know some people are awake to the external but they haven't started going on that inner journey yet and then there's others that are maybe doing more of the inner work but they're not so aware and there's just so many different types of you know stages where people um are at and that's okay because that's where they're at Mm -hmm. um but what's important for me is to just to be in alignment with with my truth and where you know where i'm at and so i got to a stage where i just didn't want to focus on exposing the stuff that was going on out there Mm -hmm. i wanted to to shift to helping people on the awakening path Mm -hmm. to navigate the world this crazy world that we're in more easily and to do the to do the self-work and to to really step into their authenticity and step into their power because that is how we create change. You know, we can be aware of all the stuff that's going on, but if we're, you know, just angry and stressed and frustrated all the time, and we're not, you know, we're not feeling good, we're not really living a good life, and we're not really helping others. And so, I appreciate there's different people at different stages, but for me, I'm not really that interested. I'm very aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, But me just knowing about it doesn't really change a lot. Mm -hmm. The question is, how am I showing up? Like, what am I doing in my day-to-day life? How am I impacting the people around me? Mm -hmm. Because often we focus on some random audience that might be watching our online content who happen to be asleep. And maybe if we share this one thing, they'll just wake up. But what about the people in your own life? What about the people that you come into contact with every day?
1: Mm
2: what about your, you know, your friends, your loved ones, like, it's, you know, being able to make an impact within your circle of influence. We have so much power in that, in that respect. And, um, and, you know, we, we can do that, rather than focusing on saving the entire world. And, (laughs) uh, you know, like trying to wake everybody up. um, That's just, you know, I don't think that's where, that's where our power is. But Amen. everyone's in a different place so if people are in that place then that's just that part of the journey that that they're on yes. And there's nothing wrong with it but it's uh, just for me yeah I've been through all the all the all the uh-huh. stages all the motions in the last three
0: years nice yeah uh-huh. and it's at the end of the day it's like you living your truth and vibrating and feeling juicy in your own skin that mm-hmm. says so much and that's so influential compared to like being miserable and like keyboard warrior and trying to convince the world, like I've been there too. And it's just so much easier. (laughs) It's so much easier for the nervous system. And I feel that you're an empath as well. It's like, we're not designed to, you know, be on the front lines and fighting. Our nervous systems aren't built for that. We're here to be the lighthouses.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sensitive. I'm an empath. And I actually found that, you know, 2020 burnt me out my nervous system was like (laughs) not in the best state, even though I you know know how to do the practices and things to help it and so I realized that wasn't really you know that wasn't really helping me um very much and so I just became better at managing you know what I was focusing on and and let's let's face it our internal world is very much driven by what we consume Yes. So if we're watching, you know, like in 2020, I was watching all the horrible, dark documentaries. and
1: Me too. You know, <laughs> Followed the know. cabal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs>
2: I know all these awful things. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, and it was making me feel ill. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, following accounts on social media and Telegram and it was all just bad. Oh, no, we're doomed. All this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And. If you're consuming that all the time, of course you're going to feel like the world is doomed and that everything is terrible. But if you didn't have the internet, for example, for the last three years, like how would you feel? You wouldn't be worried. Like you wouldn't be worried about anything. So it just really highlighted to me the impact and the power of what I consume, what who I hang around with, what stuff I listen to, what I read, what I watch. Really has an impact on my. On my view of the world because yes. the reality is there is no one reality there's like eight billion different internal realities in this world so you can yes. have two people ex- go through the same experience and they'll have a completely different experience of it even though they've physically seen or experienced the same thing you know you can go yes. and watch a movie with someone and you come out saying oh my god that was amazing and they're like that was awful but you just watch the same movie. So what's right. the truth? Well, it just depends on the, on the person. And so I think it's 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 all about our inner world, and we can, you know, shift that inner world depending on what we're consuming and what we're focusing on and what practices we're doing and what inner work we're doing. So yeah, totally. we we have that power. Again, it's like the power is all with us.
0: Yes. There's a few more questions I want to ask you before yeah, you, go before ahead. We piece.
2: I'm sorry, my light is dimming. There's a storm that's coming in and the sky has just (laughs) just gone like dark grey.
0: Oh, wow. You're still it's still pretty bright. Okay, (laughs) thank you. Um, So prior to 2020, from my understanding, you were you were a coach. Can you share your story of how you became a coach and an elevator of Freedom Fighters and what inspired you to take up this path initially?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'm coaching now, but um, I was a, back in 2020, I was a high performance health coach. Oh, okay. So I had a few years previous um, left the corporate world where I was a change management consultant Mm. um, because I had lots of health issues. And that's when I first sort of really got into holistic health and awakening to the pharmaceutical industry and all of that, all of that kind of stuff. And I, you know, took time off, I healed myself, and then I, you know, retrained and then started doing health coaching. And then in 2020, that kind of started to shift. I, for for a start, I lost all my clients because they thought it was crazy. Because you can see what I was sharing. <laughs> Me too.
0: I got fired from like six yoga studios because they thought oh, really? I was nuts. Yeah. They're like, you're not wearing a mask, and I was like, oh, I, got it. I can't. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, like this is what this is what I think a lot of us have, have experienced, you know. And so, um, and but but what was interesting was at the time, I was already feeling internally.
0: Okay. There we go. And <laughs> action. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I was already feeling in, inside that, um, that path wasn't quite right for me. Like I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't, I knew there was something, there was something else. And actually the, mm. in 29, at the end of 2019, I was living in Bali oh. and I had this crazy vision that came to me one day. It was just like, um, and it didn't make sense until we got into 2020 that I was yeah. kind of almost seeing ahead to what was happening. Nice. And um, and so what had hap- what's happened since 2020 is I kind of transitioned more into um, specifically focusing on helping people on the awakening path. So still doing nice. coaching, but also I created a membership community, you know, I was doing nice. video content. I was doing things that i hadn't done before prior to 2020 all i did was one-on-one coaching i see health and then since then it's like it's just as the months have gone by and the years have gone by it's just everything has just continued evolving as i've continued evolving and so now i am here to yeah support people who are on the awakening path to navigate this you know this crazy life and to really you know heal get into your power step into your authenticity and and create the life that you want. But that has been a journey, you know, it's just been constantly shifting and changing and I'm always evolving. So it just evolves with me. Totally.
0: I remember you um, making a post about how some people were criticizing you when you first started your membership community and they're like, why are you charging? And like, That's I. It was so interesting because I had experienced a bit of that too. Kelly was experiencing a bit of of that too. Now it's kind of died down. I feel like people understand now. But like even when I was in the yoga community, I'd lead a cure town. They're like, you shouldn't be charging. It was just like by donation. They're like, this is sacred. And I was like, I would do everything I do for free. But my landlord doesn't take karma. (laughs) You know, know? like come on, (laughs) we're we're still in the third dimension, guys. I
2: know. I know. And and. I everyone I know who does similar work has experienced that has experienced that kind of pushback from people and you know that says more about the people that are saying it than than yeah. anything else and I think that again a lot of this is just conditioning you know we've been conditioned yes. to think that if you're doing something that's kind of um you know helping people on a more spiritual or emotional level like you shouldn't be charging for it. Well, it's just nonsense. Like exactly. it's, just, it's just conditioning. And also there's a lot of people who have a sense of lack and they have abundance issues. And so right. they will kind of lash out at people who are charging. And right. I also think that one of the downsides of social media is in conjunction with, you know, not just the platforms, but in conjunction with the users, it has created a culture of free so everyone is competing with free content to get likes and to get engagement and it's just created more and more and more free content so now everything is free so then when you do charge for something people say what what do you what do you mean it's like it's it's not you know but what's interesting to me is the people that say oh you shouldn't be charging or why don't you do it for free or you should just do it on a donation basis or whatever i guarantee those people would not go into a restaurant and say how dare you charge those prices? Like I want to be able to donate what I want or exactly. I want to be able to eat for half price or go into a Mercedes garage and say, I don't have 60,000 for a car. I've only got 10. So sell it to me for 10. Like the, people wouldn't do that. They don't do it with physical products.
0: Exactly.
2: Or services or someone comes to cut your lawn and you're like, oh, you should just do it for free. Like that that just wouldn't happen. And so there is a weird kind of mindset Cultural, like conditioned thing going on, um, and yeah, I've had that a lot. And all my friends who do similar work have had have the experienced same thing, it but, too. But I yeah. just, to be honest, I just, I, I just say it's not for everyone.
0: Exactly, it's not for it's everyone. Not for and- everyone. You know, I, I think
2: I learned that yeah. from Kelly Brogan. I think she said oh, that really? once that someone was someone <sighs> was like going at her on her Instagram for charging for her community and uh-huh. she just, re- I think it was her and she just replied, it's not for everyone. And it's yeah. like I just say that now. Exactly. Like, well, it's not. That's
0: it's not just it. In the Kundalini training, there was a lot of emphasis on seva, like devotional service. And then like part of that can be like, you know, donating to a cause you believe in or to your guru, your teacher. And, um, it started to make, like, I I quite enjoy, like, for example, when I study with Montauk Chia, I like giving my credit card number and, and giving him some money because he's helped my life so much. Yeah. Like these these teachings literally keep me sober from alcohol and cocaine, you know, so it feels good. Mm-hmm. And also when I pay for a spiritual course or something of this nature, because I've invested in it financially, I'm far more apt to really take notes and really go through the course, you know, like, whereas if I did it for free, it wouldn't feel aligned and I wouldn't really go for it.
2: No, I'm the the same. And, you know, I've learned that, you know, I've, you know, given away free things before, free workshops and stuff. Hardly anybody even watches them. You get hundreds of people signing up for them. And then you look at the number of people that have watched it because when it's free, people just generally don't, most people don't really value it. Right. Um, And so I think and I think it's as you said, like it's an important energy exchange. I. I have, you know, attended workshops, masterclasses, coaching programs, had a coach, all those things, I would feel weird not paying for it, like I want to pay for it in the same way I go to a restaurant, someone cooks me a nice meal. I want to pay for it, and I want to give the server a tip for yeah. the good service, like because it's, and that feels good, right? That's the exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, this this whole culture of like everything should be free. I just it's 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 yeah. just weird, and I've never ever come across anybody who's an entrepreneur and is working for themselves who does that.
0: Exactly. It's only
2: the people who've got like a paycheck coming from some company they work for and then they're like, how dare you charge for this?
0: Yes, or it's people who, you know, um, can't stand on their own two feet financially. And as you said, they see you doing that and they, they're, because of their programming, they think, well, that's not fair. You know, you shouldn't be so abundant. It's like, yeah. no, 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 we live in an abundant world. All the spiritual lineages say that and that includes financial abundance and you can't get poor enough to help the poor.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the more Mm -hmm. money that you have, the more you can invest in your business to expand your platform or to expand, you know, marketing or whatever Mm -hmm. you, the more money you have, the more money you can invest in helping more people. So, yes, but you can't do that if you have nothing, if you, it it doesn't make any sense. And so I think that's really, you know, important for people to to realize. And also, let's face it, if you are on a really, really tight budget, there are hundreds of free videos out there. There's podcasts. There's books. Mm, like mm. years ago, many like quite a few years ago now, like what eight eight years ago? Mm, how long? How long ago? Seven years ago, um, I was um, jobless, broken, homeless, and so I didn't have any money. And so I was literally watching videos on YouTube, like inspirational videos, mm. meditation videos. Like I was just doing the work myself. Yes. With free content on YouTube exactly. until I had some money to then do other things, which I then did. And then I got a bit more money and then I invested in a coach and then I got more money. And I, so I'm constantly yes. investing in myself and wanting to pay others for value that I get for them. Like that's what makes it the energy just all go around. And particularly yes. within the awakening community, we all talk about unity and supporting each other. But then when it comes to like certain things like oh no I don't want to support <laughs> I'm Not going to pay you. for so that. It's really it's just really interesting but I just yeah. I just find it interesting and amusing because yeah. it's it's just you know it's just the way some people
0: are it's, and yeah it's just indoctrination from the matrix. And yeah. I was talking with my parents the other night and I said isn't it funny how like we did all these math classes in in school and we never once learned about RRSPs, how to do your taxes, you know, saving, like we learned nothing <laughs> uh, mathematically that would actually help us uh, no. thrive in this system. Like no. the graphing calculator was like $300. I never use a graphing calculator, you know? Or <laughs> I like know. proofs.
2: We just all these things that are just actually useless when we get out into the real world.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's totally crazy. And I have a similar story with like uh, discovering my teacher Montauk Chia and Lauren Johnson back in 2012, I was on Pornhub, I used to be kind of addicted to porn, and somebody had uploaded one of their trainings, it was a sexual kung fu class, oh, we're frozen, so that I was was just shared, that
2: was, that was in, in your that was, flow that time, so you, yes, exactly, I experienced, that.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, so anyway, long story short, I, I was addicted to porn, I went on to Pornhub, somebody had uploaded one of, Lauren Johnson, who is a senior Universal Healing Tao sexual Kung Fu teacher under Montauk Chia, his, his sexual Kung Fu video. He was naked. He was showing how to separate orgasm from ejaculation, different yogic practices. And I tried to follow along, but so much shame came up. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, and then a few years later, I, was, I decided I was ready for it. I had you know gotten free of alcohol and drugs, fall, fallen more deeply in love with myself, better daily habits. But I still couldn't really afford to study with them. So I just did what you did. I, I accessed as much of the free content as they provided as I could. Watched so many interviews with them. And because of the passion, I believe the universe responded and then I became more financially abundant as I did things like re- semen retention and retaining you know, my seed and eating healthier. And then I was able to afford. And, and then it was a little dicey. It was like, okay, that's 5,000 US. Can I? Well, I really feel called to do it. I can't really quite afford it, but I really feel, okay, I'm gonna do it. And then the money came. You know it was just this like snowball effect of like an upward spiral like the universe i think one of the most powerful frequencies is appreciation the universe really responds to gratitude and appreciation yes so if you have gratitude and you're you know donating to your teacher and taking courses with them the universe will actually give you more money to be able to take more courses to help more people because that's the whole purpose of having money it's a tool that we can use to help ourselves and others flourish essentially
2: absolutely it is just a tool and I I think unfortunately like you know and I used to have have this issue you know we have many of us have conditioning childhood conditioning that says money's evil money's bad you know like my mom used to say money's the root of all evil money's bad we we don't have money like it was all it was all the same you know kind of programming that a lot of people have and that really goes deep and it really sticks and so you have to do the work to You know to get out of that but as you said gratitude and giving Mm. you know when you invest in yourself when you give to others when you're when you're in the flow like it comes back like it just does every everything is energy if you're just like you know never wanting to give anything and you're not grateful and always complaining you're gonna you're not gonna be in a you know in a great position Um, so that's why it's just really important to, you know, have gratitude and, and do what you can. If you have no money and you're literally struggling to eat, watch free stuff. And when you have got some money, like spend it on something that's valuable to you. Like,
0: yes, exactly. Amen. Sister, (laughs) (laughs) I have two more questions. Can you share some of your favorite books, podcasts, or resources that have been instrumental in your personal and professional development?
2: Oh my goodness. So, so many, um, I would say in terms of books, oh gosh, I mean, I've, I've read many, many books in my time. The the ones that I would say more recently, I don't actually consume much content at all. I don't consume many podcasts, um, or, um, not, not so many, you know, so many books anymore. Um, but I have found, um, you know, for me, particularly in the last, you know, three years, the the Joe Dispenza um, mm. books have been, you know, amazing, amazing for me. Um, Which is I, your favorite
0: one? Do you have a, a favorite Dispenza the, book? the latest
2: one, Becoming Supernatural.
0: That's a great one.
2: That's, yeah. that's I think, the best one. Um, I also really like lately um, some uh, books by a guy called Jeff Brown. Oh, I've there's uh, there's one called Grounded Spirituality, which is very me. <laughs> it's nice. like I, lo- I love everything that's, you know, that, that, he, that he's written um, because, yeah, my, my approach to spirituality and and, you know, all of this this stuff is 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 about being very grounded. I'm not into mm. the new agey, woo woo, far out, like really far out stuff. It's like, yeah, the real like grounded. Anchored. stuff. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but grounded spirituality is is really great. Um, and I, I also really love um, the holistic psychologist, uh, Nicole oh, lapera her yeah. book How to Do the Work is actually really good. Um, I mean, I've got all Work. sorts of all sorts of books that I've read, but if I reflect on kind of like the last three years, and then obviously there's all like the, you know, all the virus books and all of that stuff. But in terms of my personal, I guess my personal growth, um, you know those books have been have been quite impactful for me and you know podcast wise I don't I don't really I'm like I'm really liking Kelly Brogan's new
1: podcast, oh,
2: yeah. um, but I don't really listen to podcasts anymore it would tend to be like if someone recommends because
1: mm-hmm.
2: all my friends are similar to me so like they'll say oh right. I just listened to this really great podcast or I've watched just watched this really great video or this was really interesting and so we kind of sh- like share nice. yeah that's like my between us too. which is yeah. Which is, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely, um, more in creation mode than consumption mode, um, cool. lately. So, uh, but yeah, there's, there's just so many, there's probably a ton I've forgotten to mention, but
0: no, that's um, cool. That's, I'm that's on the helpful. spot.
2: And I, it no, worries. Make
1: it.
0: <laughs> no, that's helpful. And I'm, I'm actually in a similar, similar place too. And it's like, there's a, been a quickening of the energy or something, or maybe it's the good daily habits. I don't know what it is, but I feel very creative and I'll think, you know, like I'll do a course with Montauk Chia and learn all these things and that's helpful. But then if I just really take good care of myself and have my good daily habits, it's like I'm channeling my own teachings and then yes. I turn on the camera, you know, and then I'm able to just teach from my heart and from my life.
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at. And I think that, you know, whilst it it is very... You know obviously it's helpful and enriching to consume other people's content because it can really help us to grow and evolve and see things in a different way and discover things within ourselves I think there comes a point at, or, or, or at least periods of time where it's good to kind of go within and to and to not have too many influences like I have mm-hmm. some influences but not many there's not many inputs yes um I'm just very selective you know like I said I just Mm listen to Kelly's podcast a couple of others a couple of like authors but I'm not really consuming from lots and lots of different um sources and I find that when I'm not consuming a lot and I'm spending more time just with myself that's when I get inspired that's when I get you know it's like i'm channeling it's like stuff just comes to me and it's original and it's me it's like it's coming from within me it's not you know we we do risk regurgitating other people's stuff if we're just Mm -hmm. constantly listening to what everybody else is is saying so i think it's important to be selective about and that's another reason for not being on social media i'm like scrolling and there's like all these different Things And I'm just kind of taking it on as, as my own. And actually, you know, when I distance from that, I realize, like, actually, I don't believe half the stuff that, I, that other people teach anyway. Like,
0: <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said you are what you eat, what you drink, and especially what you think. And you're mm. right. Having that, I think they call it Viveka in yoga, discernment to just minimize that, that input so that you can really connect to God and yeah. your soul and just be the creator that you're born to be. Cause the opposite of depression is expression. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. The last question, can you offer any final words of wisdom or advice for listeners who want to live a more fulfilling and purposeful life during this Aquarian age?
2: Gosh, there's lots of things that I could say. I think for me, it's really all about coming back to coming back to self and really just knowing ourselves, having an having an awareness like awareness knowing ourselves, learning how to trust ourselves mm-hmm. um, valuing ourselves loving ourselves like that really is where my focus is and I think which is you know is just so helpful because that is what really helps us to um, to I think get into our true power and our true authenticity like if you don't really know yourself and love yourself and value yourself like how can you show up in the world you know authentically um and so I think you know just going within spending that time with yourself you know in Mm -hmm. inquiry exploration you know and doing stuff that you love like it's all it's it's just it's all about being and doing the Mm -hmm. things that you enjoy doing the things that light you up and really just getting to know and love yourself, I think.
0: <laughs> getting oh to know and love yourself. The, that the was...
2: gremlins, the gremlins come all... <laughs> in the last few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I,
0: I think can't that's remember key. not where I
2: got to, but yeah, I was just, yeah, just talking yeah. about like really just knowing yourself, like getting mm-hmm. to trust yourself, love yourself and do things that bring you joy. Like not just focusing on everybody else and everything else, like like do stuff that lights you up and that fills yes. you up and really take care of of yourself first and foremost. And then in addition to that, your your network, your support system, your influences, the people that you spend time with, like we're not meant to do it all alone. Like we are, yes. we might have our solitary moments, but we are group creatures. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, finding people who are going to, support you and encourage you and inspire you um to be your fullest expression is is critical as well i think
0: amen to that yeah sometimes i struggle with like if i'm like right now i'm working on taking it really slow in new relationships i've been celibate for a number of years now met somebody potentially special have a friend who's taking it seemingly faster And this friend, and I've been making posts, retweeting Kelly Brogan's amazing reels, uh, where she talks about how periods of celibacy after a breakup can be really powerful. Uh, Love Mm -hmm. addiction. uh, She's talking a lot about Pia Melody's work on love addiction. And all these things Mm -hmm. are things I need to hear. And so I'm posting them. And then my lovely friend, my dear friend, she's like, are you trying to tell me something? Like, you know, like I was like, "No, no, no, it's not about you. It's about me. Like... I really believe in the power of taking it slow and I've gotten burned before by taking it too fast. And so I guess I'm just learning yeah. and I'm just saying this to you because you're, you're an empath. Is like I'm learning to do what I know I need to do and I feel really called to share on social media like retweeting Kelly's post, for example.
1: Even if it mm-hmm. might
0: trigger my friend, it is what I feel called mm-hmm. to share. And so I'm doing my best to just keep heeding the call of what I feel is that God is telling me to share.
2: Yeah. Good for you. I think that's the most important thing. It's just being authentic and just expressing, um, as we feel to, and just being authentic Mm. in, in that expression. And you know, that's, that for me is living your truth, you know?
0: Right. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And it was really lovely to connect with you. And yeah, I've been a huge fan of you for, well, since I discovered you in 2020. So this has been really lovely morning. Thank you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks, Laura. Where and so people can find all your work. Your main hub online is Laurajanebolton.com.
2: Yeah, you can just go on there and find everything. You can join my mailing list on there. You can access all my all my other stuff. It's kind of the main point. Wonderful. To start,
0: yeah. Awesome. Thank you for your time. And everybody please head over to LauraJanebolton.com. Thanks again, Laura, for being on the show. You are a true lighthouse, and thank you to everybody for tuning in. I'm Will Blunderfield, the host of the show and the creator of the Wild Masculine Semen Retention Training. You can learn more about that over at willblunderfield.ca, and to learn more about today's beautiful guest, Laura Jane Bolton, head over to her website, laurajanebolton.com, and get on her mailing list. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and I'll leave you with my cover of Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones.
1: Childhood living is easy to do the things you wanted, but I bought them from you. You know who I am You know I cannot let you Just slide through my hands
0: But